The Ain't No Fang Podcast. From Arizona Sports, Ain't No Fang. The Arizona Diamondbacks take Game 2 and are heading to the National League Division Series to face the Dodgers. And joining me from American Family Field, Alex Weiner, who covers the team for Arizona Sports. Alex, I hope you brought your champagne goggles because it was a big celebration in the clubhouse after the game, huh? No, I, I just got it in my eyes like all the other people who didn't bring their goggles. But no, I, I definitely smell. Uh, I definitely reek of champagne on the way back. So I'm, I'm sure the hotel people are going to think I went on a bender. But yeah, it's it's, it's fun to be in there uh, after you know the team accomplishes something like that. Uh, to come in here and sweep the higher seed, kind of set, you know, they did what they didn't do in the last week of the season, which is kind of set up their rotation now going forward to go play the Dodgers in a situation where you could have Merrill Kelly and Zach Allen potentially go twice each. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll get into all the nooks and crannies of this game, but yeah, it's a, it's a huge accomplishment for a team that lost 110 games two years ago. And now they win a playoff series and are headed to the NLDS for the first time since 2017. All right. So spill the beans before we get into the baseball side of this, who is the biggest party animal in the diamondbacks clubhouse? They're all spraying everybody. Everybody's spraying everybody. I mean, it's a time. I mean, probably, I mean, Cattell and Geraldo Perdomo are both on Instagram live, like spraying people and dancing to everybody. I think I think in a, a moment like that, I think there's a lot of people just kind of letting loose after a pretty tense couple of games. It's remarkable to me that this series, really the highlight for me is the bullpen. Nine and a third innings pitch between games yeah. one and two with no earned runs, two saves for Paul Seawald. Um, and two, another thing worth noting, of the guys who went today, several of them weren't around even a month ago. Ryan Thompson being relied on heavily. He's only given up one run in his almost 16 innings pitched with the Diamondbacks. Andrew Saulfrank got called up in September, still has yet to give up uh, a run in the major leagues. And he came in with one out and the bases loaded. Uh, kind of talk us through how the bullpen really has carried the Diamondbacks, not just through September, but now into the postseason. Yeah, I mean... Let's talk about Andrew Zolfrek for a second, because, I mean, to come in as a rookie who came up in September, hasn't given up an earned run yet, and he comes up with the bases loaded, the game-tying runs on third, the winning runs at home, and to keep the score exactly where it was. I mean, it's just a lot about the composure that he's shown. I mean, he's already said it. Uh, he said that, you know, coming into the major, league, major leagues in a pennant chase has kind of allowed him to be like, okay, there's, there's no time to think about anything else. You just got to be executing. Uh, and he was able to do that. But it was the, for the bullpen as a whole, for him and Thompson and Ginkle and Seawald, I mean, it's been one of the best bullpens in the major leagues for six weeks now. And, they, you know, a lot of their guys said they wouldn't be where they are right now without the bullpen, which is it's crazy to say, given what the bullpen was last year, what the bullpen was at times this year. But it's become a legitimate strength. And to win these games, you need a very reliable bullpen. And we'll see how that translates going forward to a Dodgers series. But for right now, it's, it, it's as reliable as any unit in the, in the major leagues. They didn't have to rely on it as much in game two as they did in game one. Obviously, Brandon fought, pulled from the game in the third inning. Whereas Zach Allen, you always feel good when you have your best pitcher going for you. But Zach Allen had a rough first inning, much like Brandon Fought did. Um, but the difference is he was able to settle into his role. He didn't give up a run after that, and he ends up going six innings. So you need significantly less from your bullpen. Uh, still pivotal innings that you got out of the pen. Um, a, a little bit on Zach Gallen and just uh, how you must feel as a team to know that guy's on the mound, and then how it sets you up for the Dodgers series, knowing that Merrill Kelly just as consistent this season as Gallon is available for game one. 
Yeah, it's funny. I, I have these Twitter lists where it has like a bunch of like Diamondbacks people and Arizona sports people and fans and all this kind of stuff. And sometimes, uh, you know, when you know first inning doesn't go well, it's like, oh, the season is over. It's road to Zach Gallon again, all this kind of stuff. And then he settles in. Uh, you know, first inning, not great. He was falling behind the first few hitters of the game. Uh, he, he thought he was overthrowing a little bit or throwing a little hard, but I settles in and he didn't give up a hit in the fourth, fifth or sixth innings. I mean, after, you know, getting pieced up a little or pieced together a little bit in the first few innings. So um, for him to adjust on a huge stage, I mean, it, it's his first playoff game too. He's, I know he's been on the Dimebacks for a few years, but he wasn't there in 17. So this was his first taste of it. And he, he said it's, it's definitely a little different, but internally he tries to, you know, keep it in check as he would like in a spring training game or a May game or a July game. So uh, he, he, he showed that he, he executed brilliantly down the stretch of this game and kept them kind of in fighting distance. Um, and I, I think a big deal was after the Alec Thomas home run, he comes back out there, gets them one, two, three, right back in the dugout. And then they put up a four spot and that was your ball game. So uh, yeah, he, he stepped it up when he needs to, even after a 32 pitch first inning, it's amazing. He only threw a hundred pitches and got through six, but yeah, it's a heck of a performance. And ideally, uh, you would have Gallon available for game two and then eventually probably yeah. game five or six uh, in the Dodgers series. Game so, six. Uh, well, yeah, sorry. I guess game five. Um, but yeah, no, it, the way that it worked out today was about as good as it possibly could be uh, in terms of the pitching. A moment during the middle of the game that's worth talking about. Gabby Moreno takes a bat to the head uh, during the backswing of Bryce Terang. So he leaves the game. He stayed in initially, but then ends up leaving the game, replaced by Jose Herrera. Um, what have we found out post-game about the status of Gabby Moreno moving forward in the postseason? And what are the backup options in the event that he can't go? Sure. So... At first, I mean, it was a pretty lengthy discussion with him, the trainer, and Tori Lovello. Tori said that Gabby felt dizzy after getting hit uh, by the backswing. Uh, after talking it out, he got some water. He took a few, you know, warm-up pitches, and um, apparently felt good enough to continue. But then when he went back to the bench, he felt dizzy. So that was that was about it. Uh, they they pulled him out, and it, you know, Tori said he's hopeful that he's going to avoid the. The concussion protocol. He's not currently in the concussion protocol, which would then they would have to put him on the 10 day IL and, and bring somebody up. And we can, uh, you know, go over a couple of options there. But, uh, and, and Nick Picoro just kind of, uh, at, at the end of the celebration asked if he was, uh, you know, if he was anticipating playing, uh, in game one against the Dodgers. And he said he was. So, uh, I think mostly positive signs, but they're, they're going to know more tomorrow. He's still being evaluated. So that's, you know, it's still something to monitor, but they didn't seem, as concerned about it. They didn't come out and say he has a concussion, which is a good sign. You know, if he can't go, um, that puts you in a heck of a bind because they have three catchers on the 40 man roster. It's Jose Herrera, Gabriel Moreno, and Sebi Savala. Um, Sebi Savala, Savala cannot play in the postseason for the Dombacks. He's ineligible because he joined the organization in September. He joined too late. So they would have to pull from AAA, essentially. The season's, AAA season's already been, been over for a little bit. Um, but they would have, but they have some guys in the instructional league getting some reps in just in case. So they have you know, Ali Sanchez and Adrian Del Castillo, They're not guys who have played for the Dimebacks before. Sanchez is very minimal MLB experience. Del Castillo has none. So that would be uh, quite the conundrum in order to kind of fill out your catcher depth. Um, lean on Jose Herrera, obviously. But yeah, it sounds like from early indications, they're pretty optimistic that he'll be okay but yeah they're not out of the woods until tomorrow 
That's good news, especially since watching the game, you could kind of tell that Gabby definitely was. Uh, I don't know if dizzy is the right word, but he he didn't. I mean, Lavello said dizzy, so I think it's okay. Fair, a fair word, yeah. then, I guess. Uh, but he definitely didn't seem very focused right after it happened. He he immediately sat down. He didn't move a lot. There wasn't a lot of facial reaction, and usually that's a bad yeah. sign. But um, f- to hear from you that that's the reporting, I, I think that's uh, probably a good sign for the Dodgers series. Uh, you'd be hard pressed to find a game where Corbin Carroll doesn't insert himself somehow offensively. Uh, very rarely do you get a game where he goes 0 for 4, 0 for 5, and he was active again tonight. Two more hits. Um, this offense, it's weird. They got out hit by the Brewers in both game one and game two, but somehow still managed to pull out the victories and substantial margins. Uh, again, that's probably a credit to the bullpen mostly, but um, Corbin Carroll and this offense seem to be kind of rolling. Cattell Marte has played a huge role in both of the first two games. You got to feel good about where the offense stands right now seeing as how this offense was completely stagnant heading into the postseason yeah the at-bats look much better i i mean some of the plate appearances that we've seen in this series um just checking off of pitches waiting for the mistake i mean it's, it's been an improvement from kind of down the stretch of the season that we've seen it um there is no better sort of uh, personification of what they've been able to do than than the couple at bats that Haroldo Perdomo had had the last couple of days to start rallies with. He, he worked back from an 0-2 count to work a walk, which flipped the lineup. A Corbin Carroll punches a double down the right field line, and now you're in business, and you kind of see the the snowball start to form, and Cattell drives in another run, and then a wild pitch, and then another flare single, and all of a sudden, um, just from you know starting off with the one walk, it just completely avalanches on on, on the Brewers like it did in this game. So. Yeah, it's 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 a much better at bat that we've seen more consistently, uh, and with kind of the plate discipline that we've seen throughout much of the season from a lot of these different players, Perdomo, Carroll. I mean, it's it's coming to a head right now, and it's much needed. Um, Toria has said that you know with this team in high leverage situations. I mean, they've been playing for their playoff lives for like a month, and they've been a bunch of close games, and so kind of in these spots and these highly pressurized spots, he has full trust that they'll be able to execute even with sort of the stresses that come with playing in a playoff game because they've been under the same duress throughout the end of the regular season. So and we've, we've seen that. I mean, it's the offense hasn't been perfect, um, surely. I mean, yesterday they really struggled with runners on base. You mentioned they've been getting out hit, but to get guys on base and kind of start these rallies in different ways, it's that kind of dynamic ability to do that. It's been encouraging. And Freddie Peralta is no pushover as a pitcher either. I know Corbin Burns goes game one. That's a a guy who's, I think, had 200 strikeouts each of the last three seasons. He's won a Cy Young. He deserved to start game one. But Freddie Peralta, in his own right, he was one of the best pitchers in the game of baseball in the second half of this season with a whip under one, uh, well under one, actually. The strikeouts were were big time throughout the second half of the season. So Freddie Peralta was about as daunting of a pitcher as Corbin Burns was in game one. Uh, I know you have Zach Gallon on the mound. Obviously, there's some confidence that comes with that over a rookie like Brandon Fott. Um, but uh, listen, chasing Freddie Peralta was not an easy task. This team didn't have a hit. Uh, through the first couple of innings, and then they finally break through, I think, in the fifth, and then really bust through in the sixth with a bunch of runs and finally chase Peralta. So no easy task for the Diamondbacks to do that tonight. 
No, he's had a, you're right. He's had a tremendous second half of the season and he had a no hitter through four innings, which, you know, it's like, Oh, no hitter through our innings, but they, they couldn't do anything off of him early. Uh, and you kind of going back to the earlier point is even in this game, some of the at-bats weren't great early, but they adjusted and they improved throughout the game. And that's sort of what I was leading to as far as like waiting and checking off and finally getting your pitches. Cause at first, I mean, he was really grooving through those like second through fourth innings. He, this pitch count, he kept this pitch count pretty low. So to kind of eventually get the crack open with the Alec Thomas home run and then the Perdomo walk and then the Carroll, Carroll double and to kind of pick away at it until he eventually broke it open. Uh, that, that, that took some discipline there, but yeah, Peralta, he's a great pitcher and this is a Brewers rotation. That's you know going to be good again next year. More than likely it's, it's what they do, but um, for the D-backs to come in here on the road, that's, it's, they, they beat a couple of good pitchers. That's, that's for sure. So the team is celebrating tonight, and rightfully so, but the Dodgers are looming. The Dodgers also happen to be the team that eliminated the Diamondbacks the last time they were in the playoffs in 2017. Uh, the Dodgers, they're always looming. The dreaded Dodgers. <laughs> uh, it's a much different team now than it was back then. There are a couple guys still hanging around, I think. And Set the scene for us a little bit. The Dodgers, you know, as different as they may look, Look, this is still a team that has two MVP candidates on it in the lineup. Uh, and I know that the MVP is going to go to Ronald Acuna. I think we all kind of know that. But Mookie Betts inserted himself into that conversation. And Freddie Freeman hits 330 every single season. So I think he deserves the recognition as well. Uh, set the scene a little bit for us for what you expect in the DS, in the NLDS. But then also to have Merrill Kelly available for game one, he has yet to go in the postseason. That's about as ideal as I think you could set it up yeah it'll be i mean right now it's in line for kelly gallon fought kelly gallon unless they go bullpen game in the middle there or if they get you know fought a few innings at first we'll see what they do but it's it's lined up pretty well for them to have their best pitchers going and they're playing a dodgers team that doesn't have you know have the healthiest pitching staff at the moment um granted this is a dodgers team that completely blew the Diamondbacks away the last time they played uh, at Chavez Ravine, three-game sweep. None of the games were close. The Dodgers just crushed Gallon and Kelly in that series. So, I mean, they the, the recent history isn't great. Uh, even you know throughout the years, the history is not great. But the Diamondbacks playing at Dodger Stadium, the, the playoffs is a little. It's a different animal. It's a different thing. But yeah, it's going to be a challenge. I mean, they're going to be heavy underdogs in this thing because they're going up against a Dodgers team that's there every single season and then have, you know, multiple MVP candidates. He has Clayton Kershaw on the mound who has, you know, one of the best bullpens in the league. But, you know, that it, it's it's going to be a tough path. But, you know, bullpen, defense, you know, just ability to kind of scrape together runs, um, add it with a little bit of slug. You never know. But, yeah, it's going to be tough. Let's talk about some of the news that came out before the game even today. The general manager, Mike Hazen, I guess he probably has a more important title than that, President, vice president of baseball operations, whatever it is. He gets extended. His contract extension now runs him through the 2028 season. I think there's even a club option in there somewhere. Um, I, I got to be honest with you. 
I'm, I'm excited about the news. I like Mike Hayes and I like the job that he's done here. And it's certainly a great time to be a Diamondbacks fan right now. And I, and I don't think that timing is consequential. Um, but in my head, I was like, man, are they really going to announce this before the game? I mean, what if what if they lost both of the games and then they, they lose the first round of the playoffs? Uh, fortunately, we don't have to go down that road. But um, can you just kind of walk us through your reaction to Mike Hazen being locked up through the 2028 season? And does that mean that Tori Lovello has a contract extension coming his way? Yeah, that I don't know, although they have been partnered together for a long time dating back to Boston. Um, their contracts did line up um, going into these latest set of extensions um, with, you know, Lavello got extended earlier this year for another season. Now Hazen gets multiple years. Uh, I, I wasn't surprised. I, I figured it would happen um, at some point, just be based on the, the Red Sox opening and just the success of the Diamondbacks this year compared to where they were. I mean, this is a farm system that was built from the ground up and, now the players are contributing to a playoff winning team. So, you know, it, it, and it's, it's one of those things where, and he hasn't said this when he went on the air on Wolf and Luke, where he confirmed the news that was originally reported by Nick Picoro and Steve Gilbert, that, um, that him and his team, Amiel Sade and Mike Fitzgerald, I mean, they, they started this thing and they want to see it through. So I think it made sense for, for both sides. Um, you know, Derek Hall has said he, he likes Mike Hazen. And so that's, uh, it just was a partnership that it seemed like that's where it was going the whole time. The Arizona Diamondbacks defeat the Milwaukee Brewers 5-2 to two in Game 2. They take down the Brewers and now advance to the National League Division Series against the dreaded Dodgers. Alex, thanks so much for hanging out live from American Family Field. Uh, hope you enjoyed Milwaukee. Good job. You brought home two wins, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Well, I guess over the weekend when the uh, team heads to L.A., all right? Yeah, absolutely. I even have the most uh, just ridiculous Instagrammy photo of a bratwurst that you've ever seen. So, oh, fantastic! Uh, I got that done. I got it done. Don't worry. I got to try something new. I got to get me one of those. All right, Alex. Uh, thanks so much, Alex Weiner. Again, joining us live from Milwaukee as the Diamondbacks take down the Brewers. For Alex Weiner, I'm Steve Zinsmeister. We want to thank you so much for checking out the Ain't No Fang podcast here at Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 